On today's podcast, we have another exciting episode for you guys today. We are joined again in segment two by another special guest. Tyler Sharp joins the show to give his take on modern college basketball, his basketball career, and feuds with the NCAA. We then discuss the state of the NBA and give our insights and predictions on how the NBA playoffs will turn out. Segment three is just like every other episode. We have our random question, give a few recommendations, and finish each episode with Tyler's quote of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode number 13 of the Life After College podcast. I'm your host, Austin Zershmi, joined again by my co-host, Tyler Brockman. Tyler, what's going on, brother? Um, counting down the finals. I got left to take before it's time to get get on the way to Tahoe. Yeah, I hear you leaving on Saturday, correct? Leaving on Saturday, yep. Anything fun uh, this past weekend? I know that there was the balloon glow slash balloon race slash Pegasus parade. Yeah, I didn't uh, really get into too much uh, fun studying for some finals and stuff like that. Um, went to a fire pit, you know, oh. do a little little s'mores action. But um, fancy, yeah, no, I'm <laughs> not that fancy. Um, Big ballers. We got them one for Christmas. Who's we? Uh, me, Emily, my sisters. We all went in on a big solo stove. I didn't know y'all had the uh, the dentist money coming in early. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we had to split it with everybody. <laughs> um. That sounds fun. Um, this weekend, I was at the lake. Um, went down there Friday evening after work. Came back Sunday and you know, had a good time. Weather was nice. Uh, didn't rain or really anything down over in Paducah country. Um, but I, I'm ready to get the ball rolling this summer and try to go to the lake as much as I can, get out on the water. Was this your all's first time going this season? Uh, we've gone maybe two or three times this year. Um, but, you know, it's been too cold. They just now bought a boat. So yeah. this was like the first weekend with the boat. Because um, it like just got delivered on like Thursday. And Friday was their first night out with it. And then Saturday we all kind of like practice driving for – and docking and stuff for when we want to come down, you know, whenever, and they're not around, we all know who to, or how to drive it and dock it and stuff. So ready to have a wet, hot American summer. I like to hear it. Yeah. What type of boat are you driving? Oh, you know, it's on the pontoon. Oh yeah. Get all the people out there on that pontoon. I feel like if you don't got a pontoon, that's just kind of selfish. Like, I want to have a boat, but I only want my family on it. I don't want any friends. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You you keep uh, inviting out people, and then you have to be hosting people all the time. That can probably get a little old, a little fast. So I'm sure mm-hmm. sometimes it's nice to have a limited capacity so that you don't have to be the one giving out free rides. Yeah, I guess. Um, 
But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Should be fun. We got the bachelor party weekend at the lake coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Should be a crazy time. Um, so stay tuned for updates on that. We'll let you know how it goes. Um, do you have any derby plans? You know, Thursday, Friday. I know you're leaving Saturday. What time are you leaving Saturday? Uh, leaving like at noon or something. Oh, shoot. I don't know. That's, you might not uh, even see the derby. Yeah, I'm not sure um, exactly. We might be on our uh, second leg of the flight from Vegas into Reno. So if that's the case, that's the case. It is what it is. I mean, this is the only week I've got off. Like, I don't get to decide when school's off. So got to do what I got to do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, normally we go to the lake. Uh, for derby um someone has a derby party um something like that bet on some horses get that twin spires account rolling mm-hmm. um but oh, not this cornhole. year yeah oh yeah cornhole cookouts maybe some finger sandwiches exactly you know the vibes yeah but you'll be drinking Flat Sprite on the plane, and maybe some peanuts. That's all right. I got a week to make up for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it should be fun. Um, I know with uh, this past weekend also, there's a lot of like crazy stuff that came out on Netflix. I know part two of Ozark's final season came out. Have you touched base on that? Have you? Are you caught up or? I mean, I'm caught up. I haven't, I haven't started watching part two yet. Uh, part one was good. Had me getting back into it. You know, it had been a while since they'd uh, watched it. Uh, I'm not sure when I'm going to start watching part two. Uh, it may be a vacation thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, you? Know, you? You've already started watching it? I haven't started yet. It came out Friday. Um, and then it was kind of like at the lake. And the lake isn't really a place to get into the deep dark world of ozark um so wait until i was you know in a room by myself turn off the lights maybe get a bowl of ice cream be by myself and just crank out three or four episodes um so i don't know i may watch some this week it should be good um ending to the show but you know with the ending and knowing that there's not going to be any more episodes you know, you kind of are left with that feeling of, well, what now? Um, with stuff to watch, and you know, I feel like once I, I finish up this Ozark stuff, I'm going to be in that feeling again. I still have to. I'm still inching through the Sopranos. I don't know why I haven't bulldozed the show. I know I like the show, uh, but I'm still like in season three or whatever kind of inching towards stuff. So maybe I'll hop back in there and and try and make a good jump in that. But other than that, I don't know much other shows that are coming out with a new season or a new show that's caught my eye. I know Netflix is going on a tear about canceling stuff. And that kind of might be why Ozark's wrapping up um, because they're kind of cutting shows left and right. uh, It seems like this year. So, who knows what's going to be the next show I'll watch um, outside of The Sopranos. 
Um, do you have kind of some stuff on your list that you're looking at? Um, you know, I kind of like to go back and forth between getting into a show and then watching movies. Um, so I've kind of been on more of a movie kick. Uh, I watched that Michael Clayton movie that you had put in the recommendations. I think it was oh, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Uh, really liked it. It was good. Reminded me of um, another movie on Netflix, um, Miss Sloan, I think it was. Mm. Um, and then maybe it might have been another one um, that it reminded me of. But yeah, so kind of more of a movie thing it's kind of that uh feeling like you said after you finish it and you're like oh well now what's next sometimes it can be hard you're just not ready to get into another show get invested like that so got some commitment issues yeah i mean we all have a little bit of commitment issues um but no i mean it's hard to kind of be in one show for you know weeks of binging and then uh you know that's it. That's the last time you see the characters and you're just not ready to jump straight in for the next one. So maybe after I finish Ozark, um, I don't know if I'll, if I'll kind of go back into a movie kick. I also want to, another season of, uh, better call Saul is out on Netflix now. So I've been watching that one. Uh, but it's been a while. Um, but that's a good one if you were a fan of Breaking Bad and you haven't seen any of the Better Call Sauls yet, go mm-hmm. ahead and jump into that. Um, if you have seen it, you know it's a great show. So uh, you've probably already gotten into the next season of it. Yeah, uh, that's that's a show that I haven't really gotten into yet. Um, I know people say it's good. You know, it's based on kind of like Breaking Bad and stuff and. I don't know. I feel like I like Breaking Bad enough to not kind of want to watch a a backstory and like kind of needing more. I, I like the uh, yeah. the kind of movie with Jesse Pinkman um, that kind of came out maybe last year or two years ago. Yeah, kind of I like just, ex- extended the story a little bit. Yeah, I don't think it. For one thing, it's like the prequel, so it doesn't, you know, try to carry on things um, too much, and then there's not really a whole lot of repeat characters um, that are influential. It's like the storyline, you know? So I think that that's, uh, you know, there's enough separation for it being a spinoff that uh, it doesn't kind of step on the toes of, of the greatness of the original show, you know? Right. Yeah. But who knows? Um, You got your uh, Tahoe, trip coming up do you guys have your itinerary yet do you know what you're doing day by day uh we haven't planned it out like that we uh you know we got a nice house that we'll be at um with the hot tub and um short walk to the yeah short walk to the uh lake there's kind of like a man-made beach kind of in that neighborhood that we're at there's lots of like walking and hiking trails nearby so probably do some of that probably take a uh, little excursion to one of the casinos nearby. Um, but we're, we're kind of just wanting to relax, hang out. So um, not really a day-by-day itinerary. Mm-hmm. How many of your uh, dentist books are you bringing to study? None of them. 
I'm None. You're going a week without studying. studying. No, and we don't really take uh, classes in the summer. We're just like doing our stuff in clinics. So um, all the classes that I've been taking now and are taking finals and stuff like that, um, it'll be it'll be a good spot to kind of drop those and not have to worry about you know coming back and studying for tests or things like that. So. Okay. That's, so you don't have nice. any more classes like that until August then? You're just kind of doing slave yeah, labor for the summer? Maybe like, yeah, we, we might have like one class or something in the summer. But no, we're, we'll just be in clinic doing work, not getting paid. <laughs> I hear you. It's like modern day, or I guess past day, NCAA players. They know how it feels. Where's your NIL for cleaning teeth? I don't know. I feel you like you need I'm to get paying. a dentist office to sponsor you. Do some commercials. Yeah, tell the patients, hey, you should uh, leave this school and go somewhere else. I don't know if that would really work. You need like a tip jar. <laughs> People already complain about our prices, <laughs> and you don't even get it. <laughs> I know. So, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Jumping into segment number two, we are joined again today. We have a special guest. Tyler Sharp joins us. And for some of you that guys that don't know Tyler, um, he played basketball with us in high school, or I guess with me in high school, went on to walk on at the University of Louisville, was there with Coach Patino and players like you know Ryan McMahon and Donovan Mitchell and all those guys. And transferred over and went to Northern Kentucky for his final couple years and had a successful career over there. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Tyler Sharp. Tyler, what's going on, brother? What's up, Z? Appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, Tyler. So um, first things first, um, some people that may not know about your, your journey. Uh, I know you did some exciting stuff at UofL, did a bunch of good stuff at Northern Kentucky. Um, and with kind of like what I said in the intro, you had, uh, Patino as your head coach and that was kind of his last year at the university before everything kind of went to shit. <laughs> so you can kind of correlate you leaving to the university going downhill. Um, I don't know if you feel like that personally, but, uh, do you have any type of, crazy Patino stories that you may have that, you know, the mafia isn't going to be on the lookout for you and get <laughs> you killed. Uh, yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, I, I spent my first year at Louisville walking on, um, the best story to, to tell, I guess would be my first day. Um, so <clears throat> we graduated late senior year because of snow day. So there was NCAA rules against when I could go to Louisville. So I had to wait until July. Um, the rest of the team and everyone had been there since June. Um, so I got there my first day in July. There wasn't really a an orientation or a welcoming because everyone else was in the middle of a month of workout. So I kind of just got thrown into the thick of things. And I remember our strength coach came up to me, uh, wanted to get some measurables, uh, weight, arm span, uh, wingspan, things like that. Um, right before my workout was set to start, it was with all the guards, um, guards only. I see him go up to Coach Patino, make a comment to him, and Coach Patino's 
just instantly gets full of animation. And he's like, I'm imagining, can only imagine what he said. Well, long story short, all I hear is we don't, we don't raise effing NFL players here. We play raise <laughs> basketball players. Um, and so my whole life, it was trying to get weight on because I had Crohn's trouble putting weight on. Uh, by no means was I ever on the borderline of too heavy. Um, well, to Coach Pino, I was. So they, Coach Pino says, we'll deal with it later. First drill. He puts me at the free throw line, puts all the guards at the at half court and says, you have to get two stops in a row if you want to be done with the drill. So they're coming at me full speed. I'm just at the free throw line. I have no chance, not only because I'm a walk-on and they're all high major division one players, but you put anyone in at 40 feet of, of a head start, they're going to have an advantage. So after me getting scored on a few times, he sends me upstairs with the strength coach and tells me, I can come back whenever I'm not a football player anymore. And for the rest of my first week, during my 45-minute individuals, I ran on the treadmill the entire 45 minutes. Um, so, yeah, that was my intro to, to Louisville my very first day. Um, and the an intro to the mind of Coach Rutino. <laughs> he, he loves his uh, body fat percentages, doesn't he? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Everything is broken down way in every morning when you get there. If you have to gain weight, you have protein shakes, everything waiting for you. If you have to lose weight, you have workouts, you have extra things. If you don't get there, he'll take your phone, he'll take your Xbox, he'll take things <laughs> that he's got to take. Whether he he has rights to it or not, he it's kind of an unwritten rule. Um, yeah, so there there was no no games to be played with that type of stuff. That's nuts. He's trying to get you to look like Russ Smith or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. And so uh, that's where I kind of got to a point where he wanted me to get he wanted me to get to to 185. And uh, it was almost like I'm going to have to get rid of all my like all my muscle and start starving myself to get there. Um, So it was a struggle, but you you have no choice but to eat eat a perfect diet as a broke college kid walking on, too. So that that didn't make it easier. Yeah. No more stops at the Ville Grill. Yeah, right. Um, Especially. everything right up the street from the dorms is not healthy. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's funny. I think I remember you saying that uh, a couple of years ago and that was just a, a crazy story. Um, but yeah, so you were there, you got in a couple games here and there. I guess you uh, earned his trust. Uh, I think you ended up scoring too, didn't you, against uh, Syracuse, I believe? Uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh, yeah. Um, so scored at UofL. Uh, season came and went. Ended up, you know, entering the the transfer portal, uh, something that a lot of kids are doing nowadays after one year at college. Um, so, what was your experience like going into a transfer portal? Maybe getting recruited again? Uh, how did you end up at uh, Northern? Yeah, so I actually got lucky. The transfer portal wasn't created yet, um, but as a walk on, I was able to get one one free transfer. Um, without having to sit out. If I were to be on scholarship at that time, I would still have to sit out a year. Um, so I got lucky. Um, and then one of my really close friends I played AAU with uh, was at Northern Kentucky, Mason Faulkner. Uh, and so he called me once I put out that I was transferring and talked to me about coming up there. Um, and I, so I told him to put me in contact with the coaches uh, and we could go, kind of go from there. So I did a visit um, with Moorhead State uh, where my AAU coach played. Uh, they 
they didn't have a lot of interest in me, kind of told me I would be a practice player, um, which Damn. I was just a practice player for a year at Louisville. <laughs> so um, to me that I wasn't really in the, the market for doing that again at a um, low major school. <laughs> yeah. um, so then that uh, I visited with Northern the very next day, I did a workout. Um, they basically told me, you know, we won, we just won the conference championship, just went to the tournament. We're returning everybody, every starter, but one, and we're returning our two main bench guys. So I'm not telling you that you're going to be a bench player, but you're going to have to earn a spot because there's people competing for it. Um, but they were very clear that they had like a vision for me earning a spot. And so that's, I wasn't trying to be given anything, um, but I wanted just kind of to, to have a foot in the door to have a chance. And so um, that's what led me to NKU and um, in, in what made me go up, head up there. Uh, the commitment recruiting process was pretty quick. I didn't dive into anything with a bunch of schools. It was, I wanted to get it over with pretty quickly. Um, so I, I enjoyed my time at NKU had like the coaches already knew a couple people on the team. And so I made that decision pretty quick. Yeah. Nice. And, uh, you know, kind of, I remember there was some drama, some scrutiny about you potentially getting an added year on to your eligibility. Um, do you think you can go into that for a little bit? Yeah. So, um, we won the conference championship my senior year and, uh, COVID, shut things down 24 hours later. So no conference tournament season career, just over Um, whether that would have happened or not um, earlier in the year, it was brought up to my attention that there was a potential way for me to convert my year at Louisville to a red shirt year. Barely played any minutes, barely showed up in any games, was a walk on, didn't take a scholarship from them. Um, And there was history pointing back to, to cases just like mine where kids were, able to get that year converted to a redshirt year, essentially granting them an extra year of eligibility. Um, And so I had been pursuing that throughout the latter part of the year, Um, really pursued it heavily whenever my career got ended because of COVID. Um, And so I put off signing overseas. I put off all of that because I was pursuing getting this extra year. Um, And I I felt like we had a good case. Um, I had letters from Louisville's coaches saying that they never mentioned red shirt to me. And if they, if I wanted a red shirt that they wouldn't have allowed me to, I had signed documents saying all of that. Um, I had even Louisville's compliance department saying that they didn't, they did not go through the red shirt rules and requirements and potentially how playing could eliminate that. None of that was done with me. Um, so I had, we felt like we had a stronger case than any other case that had ever been approved. Um, and the NCAA denied my 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 case and didn't even actually open the letter. Um, <laughs> they just denied it. So obviously we appealed it, and um, they didn't look at it again. Just a hard deny. Um, kind of a, we don't really feel like dealing with this. Don't have the time for it. And um, my 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 appeal waiver, all that got denied um, with really no explanation. They didn't tell me why because they didn't look at it. Um, so <clears throat> it was, uh, it was frustrating to say the, say the least. Yeah. And if I remember shortly after you got denied, there was just people left and right getting an extra year of eligibility, uh, for kind of like similar reasons or reasons that probably are worse than, than yours. Um, they just handed them out. Um, yeah, to- absolutely. And it's a little unrelated, but they uh, shortly after my whole thing got denied, they announced that all all fall sports, all 
Um, spring sports, no matter what, would get an extra year of eligibility because of COVID. Um, now, their full seasons were getting ended because of COVID, so that's why I say it's not necessarily apples to apples. But it was just kind of the cherry on top of they didn't even look at my case. Um, and my I had a case not even related to COVID, and then COVID ended my senior year. Um, and they wouldn't even look at it, but then they just started popping out free years of eligibility to scholarship athletes. That was kind of my biggest thing is I didn't even take any money. I, I was a walk-on at, at Louisville, um, and so I wasn't even asking for another year of school to be paid for. I was just asking um, for another year of eligibility. Um, so, yeah, there, there, was, there was a lot of frustration because there was precedence. There were cases that were exactly identical to mine that had been approved, um, and mine didn't even get looked at. So it was like I needed to send the waiver in on a Wednesday, not a Monday. Um, kind of coin flip thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's nuts. Uh, probably could have taken that up to like the Supreme court, Tyler Sharp versus the NCAA. <laughs> yeah. And I had Jay Billis tweeting about it, so I had a good start, but yeah. Yeah. I remember that too. That's nuts. Yeah. So kind of talk us through now some of the changes that we've, uh, seen in the NCAA, especially, I mean, Anytime you're on Twitter, you're seeing stuff about NIL deals, uh, you know, the whole one-time transfer thing. I mean, I know yours was uh, due to, like, a walk-on, but now scholarship players are getting a one-time transfer. There's, you know, the transfer portal, so many players in it, so many spots uh, that are opening up on teams every year. Um, Give us just kind of your thoughts on that. Yeah, so I'm – I have very mixed emotions. So I was on the the athletic committee at NKU kind of just talking about all of these um, rule changes. There was representatives from every team um, and then it feeds into the conference and into the nation. Uh, And I was all for paying players all for it. I always have been um, going back to Lamar Jackson when I was at Louisville, um, Tim Tebow before that. And you're talking about Jersey sales. You're talking about Louisville having a hundred foot by a hundred foot poster uh, on their stadium that of Lamar hurdling a guy and he, he gets, he's seeing nothing from it. And, um, but where I was coming from is everything should be based on performance or accolades. So like if Lamar Jackson, there was a big story about how he had to go to Coles and buy his own suit for the Heisman ceremony because of, of lack of funds, he wasn't able to get something fitted or get something that was, that was nice and expensive. Um, so where I was coming from is have places, have Cole Hahn men's warehouse, somebody sponsor the Heisman. Like there's already sponsors of everything. He gets a free, a free suit or all those guys do. And the winner of the Heisman, it's sponsored by Dr. Pepper or whatever. They get 50 grand or, or whatever it may be, or first team, all conference player of the year type of stuff. Um, and, and then you, you obviously have different amounts of money for different levels of college. Like, there there's no a lot one of the big arguments against that is you have obviously someone at Kentucky getting a much larger incentive than someone at northern Kentucky but that's how it is everywhere my year at Louisville I got 10 times the amount of shoes clothes gear anything than I got in three years at NKU that's just the nature of the beast it's it's where the money is um but I think the way they have it set up is a as a wormhole that is very dangerous um and I think you're seeing that with not only people transferring um, and saying, I'll go to the school that can set me up the best package for NIL. But now you have kids saying, um, I'm going to transfer if you don't get me more NIL. Like it's, it's, it's something that's kind of a can of worms. That's not really going to be contained easily. 
Um, and I think how they have it set up is, is very dangerous to that. But like I said, I was all four paying players, so it's kind of a mix, a mixed feeling for sure. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about uh, kind of the player movement uh, as far as the transfers and stuff are going? Because I feel like there's always, you know, updates on, oh, there's this many uh, players in the portal and there's only this many, you know, scholarship spots left. I mean, I don't know who's calculating these numbers or whatever, but it seems like there's just so many people moving around, wanting to move around. Uh, I mean, people were transferring even before NIL and stuff like that. So uh, what, what do you think about kind of that freedom of movement for some of these players? Yeah, that, I think it's dangerous too um, because the grass is always greener. Um, and it's, it's not always when you, when you actually see the other side. Um, and so like whenever I was in college, they didn't have the free transfers rules. And I had teammates that I can guarantee you for a fact, if they had free transfers and didn't have to sit out, they would have transferred. Um, that doesn't mean they weren't committed to NKU. That doesn't mean they were bad guys, but like, even whenever I was looking for um, an extra year, I had SEC schools, I had Big Ten schools, I had people calling me, now technically illegally, but they were calling me trying to get me interested in case I got that year. And that's all it takes for these young kids. You're talking about an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid, has a good year at NKU as a freshman, and now has the ability to to go transfer up and get not, not only at a bigger school, but NIL money, all that stuff. And so I think where the real problem is, is for high school kids. It's it, like for me, I was so under recruited. I was very overlooked and players that were even better than me are now going to start being underlooked and under recruited because colleges are going to go for the kid that has college experience over a kid that could be a project or a kid that could be a risk. Um, and maybe he develops, maybe he doesn't. And so I think that's where kid the kids are hurt the most is high school kids that are now going to get under recruited because so many coaches are like, you're seeing um, like Arkansas, Eric Musselman, he's a great coach. He's doing a great job. I love him as a coach, but they're getting, they're getting almost a team of transfers every year. And I think in the success that they're having with it, there's going to be only more and more teams that start doing that. And I think it's going to really kill the high school recruiting process because there's just more safety in, in going after a kid in college that has proven he's good in college versus a, a kid in high school that is better than everyone he plays against. And so I think there's flaws in it for sure. Um, especially with it's a one-time transfer quote unquote, but I mean, you got kids transferring two, three years in a row and finding little loopholes now that to where they're not sitting out a year. Um, and so I, some of these rules just don't really have any rules. There's no guidelines. There's no um, containment of it. And, and it's a slippery slope for sure. Yeah. Um, so, like, with these kind of, like, NIL deals going around left and right, uh, while you were at Northern, is there any particular place that you could see yourself getting, you know, kind of like a commercial, maybe get a, a T-shirt out of, maybe, you know, some type of little contract? Uh, I know you're up in Northern Kentucky, so I don't want you to say, you know, Skyline or something. But <laughs> if there's a company up there or a place that you liked up there, maybe near campus, uh, which uh, place would you get an NIL deal from? Uh, well, I would have I would have started at the car dealerships. Uh, all these guys <laughs> getting free cars and, and all that. That's where I would have started for sure. Um, I don't know what kind of luck I would have had, but it can't hurt. Um, no, but I I love Canes. Canes was right on campus. 
Um, that would have been a good one to start for sure. Um, Wendy's is my favorite fast food. So I I for sure would have gone there. Um, but yeah, I would have, I would, I like what some of these guys are doing with, um, with like crypto companies with, um, like I said, car dealerships, I would have started with big ticket items. I think especially seeing, um, some of these posts throughout the NCAA tournament, I, I think guys aren't cashing in on it enough. Um, because, I know for a fact that at some of these power five schools, you can be getting insane money, insane con- contacts. Um, you just got to be proactive about it. Um, and so I, I think even at NKU, in, I was very vocal with the fans. I spent time with them. I built a lot of connections. Um, I think I could have had a pretty sweet setup um, because I know I would have gone after one. <laughs> if it's, if it's available to me, I'm going to go after it. Um, but yeah, some local fast food, local, local car dealerships things like that for sure and if you got you know like a car dealership one what kind of car were you looking at getting if you had uh, a <laughs> if i could get any car i wanted in the world the g-wagon <laughs> is is always been my dream car but um you yes, know, be- expensive beggars also can't be choosers uh, <laughs> i got hand-me-down car so i would have taken i would have been i would have been open to all options <laughs> You get a new car after you got blasted in front of Bullwood. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did get a new one, but then um, I decided I wanted something bigger, so I traded that in and took my sister's hand-me-down SUV. So, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> fun stuff. Um, so yeah, so kind of with that, that's a that's Tyler's story, um, and now we can kind of break down to what's going on in the NBA world uh, post college basketball um so current state of the nba you know with this past season has been you know crazy surprises left and right you've had Kyrie play you know half the season in and out because of rules regulations whatever you have kind of katie almost kind of getting a little bit more injured almost falling off uh, maybe the top uh lebron obviously is getting old uh he's still you know kind of near the top, still scoring a lot, passing, rebounding, all that good stuff that you want in a basketball player. But, you know, he's getting up there. The team, you know, missed the playoffs. Kyrie, KD, they got swept. We're kind of getting into a new era of the NBA with all these young stars coming up, kind of establishing a name for themselves. Kind of what do you think about, you know, these legends and these new guys uh, and kind of like the flip of the current NBA? Yeah, I mean, I think if, if there ever was to be a, a passing of the torch season, this this feels like it. Uh, and you've got young guys. Giannis has already obviously established himself, but he's still also 20, 25 years old, uh, which is crazy to think. Um, guys like LeBron, obviously, KD are never not at the top or not considered to be at the top, but there's no doubt that you can start to see the shape of the NBA with John Morant, Luka Doncic, Giannis, um, guys like that really starting to, to take over um, and perform in the playoffs uh, as well. And so uh, it's pretty cool to see. Uh, I, I think there are circumstances that it's not fair to write off LeBron, Kevin Durant, and those guys. But uh, I'm excited for how this playoff is going to shake out unless the Warriors just kind of completely ruin it um, because they're the mm-hmm. only kind of established team uh, outside of the Bucks winning last year. But they're still um, – that was really their first year. Uh, people felt like they got lucky with some injuries, so they're not getting the credit that I think they deserve. But uh, it is pretty cool to see these young guys because 
this is kind of the second generation for for people our ages lebron kd kyrie uh all of those guys coming up chris paul those were our generation so kind of changing into the, to the next generation is pretty cool to see yeah and you know kind of with the current generation of nba fans uh you're seeing less and less you know, kind of team-affiliated people and more player-affiliated people. Uh, I know you yourself are Damian Lillard through and through. That's your guy. And if he left, you know, Portland, I know he he's loyal to the grind. He ain't going to leave. But if he does end up leaving Portland, I'm sure that you are going to go with him and go wherever he signs. Um, so what do you think about, like, the current age, like almost like social media, highlight, bleacher report type version of the NBA where – everyone's just fan of really players rather than teams themselves. Yeah, I, that's definitely how I am. Uh, I, I'm all player driven in, in a lot of, in a lot of ways cheer for the guys that I like the most. And a lot of that, I think some of that has to do with not having an NBA team locally. Um, there's, there wasn't like a, a team you were supposed to cheer for. Um, so in our region, I think that's what leads people to player attach. But a lot of it, I think is with how social media is so polarizing it's almost like it's you're not allowed to like multiple players. So I think that's what drives the player aspect of it so much is anytime you see something, it's is Giannis the best player in the NBA? And everyone's like, no, that's Kevin Durant, that's LeBron, whatever. But it's it's not really like Giannis is amazing, period. Let's let's just leave it at that. It's gotta always be comparison. So I think that's what's driven the player the player aspect is every com- every time you someone goes off or every time someone has a bad game it's has the torch been passed or how is he a top 10 player where does he rank in the nba and so it they detach the teams from it so much on social media and just focus on the players and i think that's what's driven the driven the player based league uh, also there's a lot of loyalty that's gone you got guys switching teams um a lot more than they used to in generations past and not so much in the last couple of years it's not been as bad as it was five, six, seven years in a row previously. But um, that also plays a role in it too, is there's no loyalty to a team from from a player standpoint that much because they want to build their legacy. And so that's where I think a lot of the player fandom comes from too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I know you're, you're a team Lillard. Uh, T-Brock, I don't know if you're a, a fan of a particular NBA team, Mario. I mean, no, I think kind of like what he said, you know, from this region, there's not a team that we're supposed to cheer for. I mean, there's, I guess, a few Pacers fans um, around, but they haven't been great in a while. Um, not really too many Cleveland fans because they all, were all pretty Eesh. much just LeBron fans. Um, <laughs> Memphis is kind of a new thing. You know, people weren't really watching them around this area. So uh, it's always just been kind of player driven around here. Um, I think my pa- my favorite player um, would be Chris Paul. Um, I always like to hoop in his shoes, and uh, you know, just a a point guard that's you know that great. Right. I-, I think that's you know probably why I was drawn towards him. So still like watching him, seeing what he does, but never really attached to a team. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of surprised you didn't say, you know, Patrick Beverly, because I feel like y'all have a similar play style. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I don't know. I hope I don't play like him. <laughs> but I mean, who's to say? He's making big money, living the dream, playing basketball for a living. So I guess that's not the worst thing to say. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of like tying off, you know, disgruntled stars kind of leaving people being fans of teams or whatever. Uh, Tyler, I know you were teammates for a brief period in time with Donovan Mitchell. I don't know if you guys have kept in contact over these last couple of years, but, you know, if you are kind of in his mind a little bit, what do you think he's thinking about right now with Utah? I know Rudy Gobert kind of their sources are saying that, you know, he put the Jazz in a it's him or me type situation. Uh, I think, one, that's a, an easy choice. Um, but, you know, what is uh, Donovan Mitchell thinking right now, do you think? Uh, yeah, I think that's a, it's a interesting the way that's all developed because you go a couple years back and they're almost like the the darlings like back to the bubble they're they're like one of the darling teams of the NBA um, that series with the Nuggets with Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell putting up just record breaking performances was like the the peak for the Jazz um, over the last ten fifteen years um, and now you they've transitioned to where I, like I was talking with a friend about it like they were almost horrible to watch they they don't seem like they're getting along. <laughs> They are arguing. Their defensive rotations are bad. Then they're complaining, fighting with each other. Um, you have rumors that Donovan and Rudy hate each other throughout the entire season coming out. Uh, and it was almost like a – like I, I cheer for Donovan. I like Donovan. But it was almost like you wanted the Mavs to put him out of their misery kind of because you felt like if they lose that series, the team has to go a different direction. So um, I don't know what Donovan – I think Donovan – I don't talk to him too much, obviously, um, anymore, but it seems like he likes Utah. Uh, he wants to be in Utah. Uh, if Donovan had a say, I think he would want to stay in Utah. But also, he it's no doubt that he's not necessarily performing at the efficiency that he had in, in a few years past. And I think a lot of that just has to do with the chemistry of the team. Losing Joe Ingles, I think, hurt a lot more than people expected it, it would. Um, so I, I would say Donovan wants the team to go in the direction that, that suits him. Um, if I don't know if it is going to be Rudy or him, but there's, de- there's no doubts there's going to be suitors for Donovan if he was exploring other markets. So, um, I hope they can get things back on track because I, I want him in Utah. I like that the dispersion throughout the league right now. Um, it would be cool to see him go back home to the Knicks or something like that, but, um, I hope the Jazz can figure it out because, like I said, they were such a fun team. Their home court in the playoffs is awesome. Um, but they, they, there's no doubt they have changes to make because it's kind of the wheels have just fallen off on, on that, that run. Yeah, I don't know, like, kind of what happened with kind of like a Rudy Gobert trying to establish himself as, you know, this top, you know, 15 player in the league, you know, kind of almost saying woe is me if he's not, you know, defensive player of the year or doesn't make an all-star team or, you know, kind of this, that, and the third going around. And, you know, I think it was all kind of downhill when he kind of was kind of joking about the beginning of, you know, the pandemic. And then shortly after that uh, press conference where he was kind of messing around about, you know, getting it and touching all the mics and stuff, then he ends up getting it. 
shuts down the league and then shortly after uh, gets passed around to, to Donovan Mitchell uh, and then he gets COVID as well. So I'm kind of wondering if because Rudy got him sick, that that's kind of, you know, kind of what poured gasoline on the fire. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of crazy to, to see how that whole thing kind of panned out. Like what you said before, how they were, you know, Utah is a small market team. Um, don't really get a whole lot of stars coming in, so they really have to grow their own talent through the draft. And that's what they've done with Donovan and Rudy Gobert. Um, so it's a shame that they can't really get along. Um, but it's also kind of like a similar instance to what they had in Philadelphia where your two draft uh, homegrown stars uh, don't get along and, you know, one of them sees their way out while the other one stays. And that kind of might be a similar situation that they got going on in Utah. For sure. Yeah. Any uh, uh, comments, T-Brock? I know you're a little fan, probably like Donovan Mitchell. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm going to root for him. Um, keep up with all kind of the former uh, UFL players. So I'm, I'm kind of happy with him at Utah, like you all were saying. Um, I kind of like him being the face of a franchise somewhere. I'd hate for him to kind of feel forced out and go somewhere where he's like uh, – you know, the second player, the third player, something like that on the roster. Um, but I don't know. I mean, him and Rudy, it could it could still just be a basketball thing, you know. Uh, when they were playing the Clippers and were up 30 points game after game, and then, you know, the Clippers just targeted Rudy game after game and stuck their guy in the corner and hit three in his face over and over and over. Um, and then they've they've lost a ton of leads uh, this season, last season, just kind of not able to um, make things work on the court. So I don't know how much of it's on the court, how much of it's off the court, how much of it's just rumors or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you see that they had higher hopes and now they're underperforming and, you know, it's it's time to make changes and we'll see what those are. And then I'm just going to come out and say it. Rudy Gobert, overrated. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's easy to hate. Yeah, I'd much rather have my, my Clint Capella. Um, knows his role, plays it well, doesn't cry a whole lot, and obviously not on a max contract, so a lot easier to move. But, yeah, it's a, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out this uh Next offseason, uh, what's going to happen? A lot of movement could be going on in the NBA. Who knows what's going to happen? But right now we got the playoffs. First round just ended. T-Brock, I know a couple of weeks ago, or it may have been on the last podcast, you said, you know, after one round, that's when you kind of get a feel of all the teams and you'll be able to make a more solid prediction. Last time we both said kind of like Suns over Sixers in the finals. Are you still uh, going with that prediction? Uh, I'm going to stick with the Suns um, for now. I I don't have enough faith in uh, Golden State yet. Um, And I do think Phoenix will handle the Mavs. Um, So I'm going to stick with the Suns. Um, I need to find out more about uh, Joel Embiid's injury. If that's going to, you know, affect – that series too much against Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I mean, man, maybe I forgot how good uh, the Bucks were. So uh, maybe they'll be the ones in the finals. Yeah. What about you, T Sharp? Uh, I think this this there's some interesting series going on, um, and I thought <clears throat> I had Bucks and Suns going into the playoffs, um, but I, I really liked the, the Grizzlies uh, team as well. I thought that they were too young to really make a run. Um, but what's what's interesting with the way it's kind of played out is on paper you think the Celtics are the better team in the series, especially without Chris Middleton and how they looked against the Nets. But there's something about the NBA playoffs when you have the best player on the court that can really change things fast. And LeBron's LeBron's proven that for years. You you see it with guys all the time. And yesterday, I don't know if you, if you got to watch the Bucks game, but it was just there was. There's no doubt half the analysts, everyone picking the, the Celtics probably are switching like, how oh, crap, we forgot how good the Bucks were, like T-Brock just said. And a lot of that has to do with when you have the best player. And so I'm curious how this Sixer series is going to play out because there's no doubt Joel Embiid's the best player in that series. But you're they're basically going to guarantee to go down 2-0 with him out these first couple games. Um and so I think that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. If they can steal one in Miami um, and get him back, then I think things change quickly. Uh, same with the Sun series. There's no doubt that Booker's probably not 100%. He's probably trending back that direction. Chris Paul also had to go through a grinder in that series without him. And if grinder. you ask – Yeah, he, he had to play every minute, had to take on a lot bigger role. He didn't have the help that he usually has with Devin Booker. Um and but also in my opinion, it, Luka Doncic is the best player in that series. So they definitely don't have the better team. The Suns as a team are are unreal. But uh, I kind of take the approach of if you have the best player, things can can change really quickly. And that's what you saw the last series with the Jazz is when Luka came back. They it was just a different a different energy um, from game to game. Nothing he had an answer for every jazz run and he was able to just put, put them away by himself down the stretch of games. And so some of these series are going to be interesting, but I, I still think the Suns um, can get past the Mavericks and I'm hoping for a warriors Suns uh, Western conference finals because with Steph healthy, like I said, it's kind of the passing of the torch until the warriors come, come back and, reclaim their throne with with all of their their guys that they've had for the past six or seven years so um but yeah i gotta go i'll probably go with Suns over the over the bucks in the finals as of right now yeah a lot of people did take the celtics after that first round uh, and they sweep the nets um but i think that just kind of shows like how far off the nets were uh from really making noise in this playoffs because boston i mean they are good and, you know, we can't really say, you know, they are so young anymore because Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they've been in the league for years now. So they should be, you know, kind of established and kind of be the stars that they're supposed to be. And that's kind of like what uh, Jason Tatum's doing right now. But Jalen Brown is supposed to be the second star. And some days he plays like, you know, he's, you know, up there with Jason Tatum and the likes of that. And other days he is playing like a, a role player where he's scoring, you know, eight points when he needs to score 25. And if those two are not getting, you know, 25 each at least, 
Uh, I think that'll be an easy series for the Bucks. Um, I just think there's there's probably levels to you know in the playoffs. Um, so the Celtics, while on paper they still might be young, I don't know how much longer we can kind of use that excuse for them uh, with you know how long their young core has been playing together and been in the league. And um, so I think the Celtics just may just be the Celtics. It just might be who they are. You know, they may just be, you know, third, maybe fourth best team in the conference, um, but not really necessarily uh, title contenders until, you know, they prove it otherwise. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think there's, there's truth to that in the sense of they've already been there too. I mean, they had battles with LeBron. Jason Tatum kind of earned his wing, his wings at a at a young age in the league, and there's there's no real. They've already kind of proven it, so now they have to add on to what they've already done, and the bar's been set. So, I think you're seeing. If I had to make a somewhat of a bold prediction, I think what you're seeing with Rudy and Donovan now is something that could develop quickly with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum if they're if they were to get swept or beaten five games by the Bucks, and it's like, here we are again, you, you, they go on this run to end the season. Everyone's high on them. They sweep the nets and then they just get dominated by the Bucks again without Chris Middleton. Um, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of rumors flying around of, do they need to go a different direction? They just can't get it done with what they have um, because it does feel that way, especially after watching game one. I mean, you go into that expecting them to dominate on their home court without Chris Middleton, especially with the, the momentum they have going in. And they just not – they played horrible. They shot horribly. So the, the rest of the series I expect it to go differently. But, I mean, from start to finish, they just looked outmatched. And um, I think that's something that could develop with them as the, the, the series goes on and into the off season, if they weren't, if they're not able to turn it around. Any thoughts, T Brock? No, nah, I liked it. Yeah. Um, so we got, I'm going to stick with my, my sons and Sixers. I want, I want Harden to do good. I hope he can turn in the Houston Harden and just take over being the only good player on the team uh, these next couple games. But who knows, maybe Houston got the absolute best deal they could have out of them and, you know, our future does look bright, and those those net picks are looking uh, rather good uh, this time of year. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, so I still got the the Suns and Sixers. I think T-Brooks kind of switched it around to, like, Suns and Bucks, and that's kind of like what you're going with too, T-Sharp, right? Yep, and I think the, the, I think the Heat are still a sleeper too, though, um, just because, I mean, they've been to the finals – They've kind of been underwritten off throughout the entire year, just kind of coasting their way to to the one seed. Um, yeah. And so it'd be interesting. They they made Trey Young look um, very bad in the in the first round. I thought he would give them more trouble than than it he did. So I'm interested to see if if the Heat can get the first two games before Joel Joel comes back. Then I think they'll run away with it with the series and a Bucks heat series would be, would be pretty interesting for sure. So I think the, the, the commerce final series, no matter how they shake out are going to be exciting series because you're either getting teams that have already proven themselves in like the warriors and the Suns, or you're getting young guys looking to build their legacy, like jaw Luca and um, Embiid and guys like that. So uh, I think this playoffs is one of the more excited ones I've been looking forward to in years past because 
it, there was a stretch while I love LeBron where it was you just knew that was just kind of a formality that he was going to run through the West and the Warriors had a stretch where I mean the East and then stretch where the Warriors are just going to run through the West. So it's kind of cool to finally have some playoffs where you, you really don't know how it's going to play out. Jumping right into segment number three, you know we finish every episode with our random question, couple recommendations, and Tyler's famous quote of the week. But first things first, we have to get through our random question, and this one is kind of a fun one. Uh, T-Brock? I like this one, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a good one. What movie or TV show do you wish you could experience again for the first time? All right, so my, I'm going to kind of talk you through my thinking on this one. Um, a lot of movies that I've seen one time, I've forgotten enough of it that when I watch it the second time, it's like I've, I'm experiencing it over again. So um, same thing with TV shows that I've watched once, um, like Mad Men. I think it's a great show. Can't really tell you the plot. Um but, you know, if I watched that one again, it would be like I was experiencing it all over again. So I was really having to think about, uh, you know, what show or movie or something like that have I watched multiple times that, uh, you know, now that I'm older or something, I would really just have a different experience watching it. And uh, so that's kind of where I took it. And um, I went with uh, the Lord of the Rings series and The Hobbit. Um because those, uh, I don't know when the Hobbit movies came out, but it was more recently, but that's kind of the prequel to the Lord of the Rings. So um, I'd probably watch them in order of like the Hobbits first and then the Lord of the Rings. Um, Do you ever watch any of those movies? Uh, no, I was a straight kid. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, um <laughs> You can uh, check them out on HBO Max. Um, I know it's hard to find things on that app, so you just got to know what you're looking for going into it. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was uh, it's like an interesting kind of war and dynamics and things like that. But um, I was young when I watched the you know the movies the first time, and so probably didn't like understand things uh didn't catch up on or you know pick up on a bunch of things and so then you know you watch them again and you're picking up on those things but you've also like some of that suspense and mystery and uh all that has you know already been like you already know what's happening next so you aren't you aren't feeling that suspense and stuff like that around every turn so um that's what i went with um I don't know. You got any thoughts on it or are you just, you're just not interested? Um, yeah, I'm not interested in it. <laughs> um, never really got into, there's a couple of big series that you know were huge growing up that I, I never watched one second of. I've never seen any of the star Wars. I've never seen any of the Lord of the Rings. I've never seen any of the Harry Potters. Um, don't really watch the Avengers movies outside of Spider-Man. Um, so those big like franchises that are loved by many, 
Uh, I think that might be a, a reason why I don't watch it because everybody watches it. You know, I gotta, I gotta be my own person, like my own. No, stuff. you just wanna, you just wanna act like you're special, like you're different. That's fine. Yeah, I get it's, it. It's probably the same reason why I don't have TikTok and everybody else does. You know, grown ass yeah, man, I'm mature for my age. That's what you think. Those. It's fine. It's fine. That's what you think. Uh, whatever. Um, but kind of like going off that. Mine was also probably a TV show as well. Um, and Mine was a been... movie, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's how much <laughs> I know about the Lord of the Rings. Um, but mine, being a TV show, uh, there's been a bunch of great shows, a bunch of great movies out that, you know, maybe you appreciate the more you watch it. Um, but I remember how I felt watching it for the first time. And that's kind of like what's bringing me to to this show is remembering how I was feeling while watching the show was so crazy and intense that I haven't even watched it a second time because I just remember that feeling of how I felt and you know of the show and the plot and, and that stuff. And I know if I watched it again, it wouldn't feel quite the same after knowing all the plot and stuff. And that's what I'm going to say. My show that I wish I could experience again for the first time would be Game of Thrones. I had just wrapped up a couple, um, uh, it may have been like two years ago, maybe it wrapped up uh, with the final season. And I was able to get HBO Max and kind of watch the first you know, couple seasons while the new season was coming out and catching up. And then basically like a week after the final episode came out um, is when I was finally caught up in watching that brand new episode. So I was able to have the series experience it all the way through, no waiting, um, still be able to know what everyone's talking about um, after it wrapped up because I was able to, to be there uh, and have it finished uh, basically at the same time as everybody else. And just watching that show, I mean, there's so many twists and turns, crazy stories. I mean, you don't really know what's going to happen. You think this is the main character for a whole season or whatever, and that's how they're going to go about the show. But you think that with three or four characters and five minutes later, they're all dead. Um, so your your jaws dropping. You're you don't know what's going on. You're, you're on the edge of your seat. You're like, they can kill off anyone at any time, no matter how big they are, what family they're tied to uh, and things like that. So I wish, I know if I were to watch it again, it wouldn't be quite the same knowing kind of the whole story and plot and stuff. Um, but if I could just go back and erase my memory of the whole show and watch it again, um, that would be probably my favorite uh, one to, to watch. I know, I think I started it when we were roommates. Um, so I know you probably heard the the big theme music going on when you're studying chemistry late at night. Um, but I think you ended up getting into it. Uh, yeah, yeah. We watched it, um, I guess, a few months ago now. We kind of binged it and uh, it was long enough any of the spoilers that I would have heard about um, on Twitter or anything, 
when the stuff originally aired, I had forgotten about. So mm-hmm. I, I felt like I had a, a good experience watching it, you know, with kind of no spoilers and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Good show. A lot of people rank it as one of the best. Um, not sure how uh, many people uh, rank Lord of the Rings as one of the best movies. Probably a small number of people, if any. Uh, uh, I think you're, you're, you know, barking up the wrong. Like that's the same <laughs> genre. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's more murder in Game of Thrones, and you know, some titties. But like, <laughs> it's the same genre, like fantasy. Like, you know, I don't know. I guess we'll disagree or disagree. I mean, look, I, I watched them both. I liked them both. Like, they're both top-tier, you know, things. That's all I'm saying. All right. I guess we can end it there. Um, so, yeah, so 13 episodes in. We got 12 recommendations so far. We got our 13th coming up. Tyler, what are you going to recommend for the people this week? Uh, I'm going to recommend trying out some new recipes, cooking. You know, I think uh, sometimes you get caught in the same, uh, you know, few recipes that you know how to cook and that you, you know, know all the ingredients that you need to get and stuff like that. But, um, you know, just grab some different foods, try them out. Uh, Maybe it's not a good meal. And uh, (laughs) maybe it is, though. You know what I mean? So um, I, I don't know. I think it's fun to do a little cooking, a little experimenting like that. Do you have uh, any particular recipes in mind? Are you trying anything new? Uh, no more dirty rice combos? No, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you're still going to have, um, you know, the recipes that you keep going back to. But, um, you know, like we made a like a shrimp pasta type dish. and Scampi? I, I guess of sorts, yeah. So, um, you know, just kind of getting some ingredients, looking up a few recipes, but then just... I don't know. I like to just look up the recipes to know what the ingredients are and then give it a try. Um, and so it. things, yeah, wing it. Things will turn out good or they don't. And it's like over with. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's either really good or really shit. I mean, it could just be mediocre, you know? Like, it's a it's a fine meal. You're not going to add it to your, you know, monthly rotation or anything like that. But, you know, it again. either way, it's... Um, I think it's good to just switch it up sometimes, try different things. So what about you? Yeah, so I kind of went on a little tear in segment one, talking about going to the lake and stuff and getting out on the water. Um, So it is, you know, May uh, 2nd at the recording of this podcast. We are in May. You know, the sun's coming out. People are going to be outside more often. Uh, You may be going, you know, to the lake going outside you got your beach vacations i know you're going to tahoe uh going to experience that going to be out in the sun i'm going to recommend for everybody especially the the paler folks out there to put on some sunscreen you're going to go out you think you're going to be tougher than the sun you think i'm going to be out there for 20 minutes it's it's fine um the sun is brutal uh i was on the lake no sunscreen just raw dog in the sun um, you know, got a little red face, got a little red, got, got some burn on the back of my hands, got it on my knees. Um, you know, I ain't want to complain about it. I'm a big, strong boy, 
But, you know, if, if there was an opportunity to go back in time, maybe throw on some sunscreen, just swallow your pride a little bit here and there, um, I probably would do that uh, for sure. Um, I know when I got my Florida vacation coming up in July, I'm going to get a couple bottles. I'm going to be, you know, just wearing that like it's, you know, cologne and I'm a 65-year-old retired man. Um, so sunscreen, if you're going out longer than, you know, a couple minutes, if you're wearing no clothes, if you got your bare cheeks out, put the sunscreen on, save yourself some pain later. Um, so, yeah, that's what I got for you. I like it. Yeah, nothing wrong with a little sunscreen. Yeah, are you a big sunscreen guy? Uh, I mean, I got to be, you know, otherwise you get burnt. And I don't know, I'll get burnt maybe once or twice a year, like bad enough to make me get back on the sunscreen train and uh, stick to it better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that's what we got for you guys this week. Um be sure to, to try out those new recipes, whatever you find on TikTok, on Pinterest, on you know, Twitter, Instagram, random websites, cookbooks, whatever. And if you're going outside, throw on some sunscreen uh, for sure. But we end each episode the same way. We got Tyler's famous quote of the week. Tyler, how are you going to finish us off this week? On this Derby week, you know how I got to... You know how I got it ended up. We got Derby. We got Oaks. We got Thurby. We got whatever comes before that. Riders up. Mm-hmm.